Hi there, everyone. This is James Eake, and you're listening to the Warrior's Way podcast, Season 3, Episode 127. We're going to kick things off in a minute with a look at enlightenment. And it's going to ask a pretty good question about where on earth are all the enlightened people these days? What rock are the modern-day Buddhas and Bodhisattvas hiding under? But first... If you're a longtime listener to the Warrior's Way podcast or a brand new one and are looking for more ways to improve your training and your life, and if you want to be able to take all the cool stuff we talk about here and amplify it even more, I've got something for you. The Warrior's Way online training program. This is where I would insert a drum roll if I had any sound effects. Uh, anyways, it's the culmination of about 40 years of training that I've done in all of this awesome, wild stuff. It, it, to be honest, it's something I've been thinking about for years, about how I can reach more people, offer a broader and more in-depth approach to how I train, and of course, what training means to me. This podcast is kind of part of that, a big part of it and my books, and so on. And this is just the next step. The Warrior's Way online training program is a chance for you to get virtual one-on-one time with me in a variety of disciplines. You can get awesome and unique online martial arts fusion classes. You can train along with me and be amazing. Wow, your friends. (laughs) Dazzle your neighbors. Uh, You could learn how to meditate If you want to get in better shape, you can do that with some wicked killer workouts that I've put together. Uh, The the Words Way online training program, I like to think it has something for everyone. Uh, It's the stuff that I do. It's the way I train. It's how I stay fit and safe and healthy and chilled out. So... If you want to get into the shape of your life, and if you want to hone your martial arts skills, improve your mobility, learn how to meditate, start a breathwork practice, and a whole lot more, yep, the Warrior's Way online training program has something for you. So, head over to the podcast's website at www.warriorsway.ca and check it out. It's a great, 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 great website, if I do say so myself. Three greats. I made it myself. That's why I I like to think it's great. It might be complete rubbish, but I made it. And there's that. Uh, The online training program, though, uh, I had somebody make it for me. I'm not going to lie. I shot all the videos and edited all that and planned it and had somebody else build. So you can start training with me today, folks, from wherever you are around the world, which seems like magic but it is the interwebs. So drop me a line. We can talk about how to get started, what works best for you, and I hope to see you there. I'm excited to train with you. Hope you are too. All right, before we get kicking off, just one more thing that I've been mentioning for the past, though it seems like forever. Folks, unless you're living in a bunker somewhere, You know that we're hitting in, at least North America, the fourth wave of this COVID thing. And it, if you're listening to what the experts are saying, does not bode well. And it's being powered by 
the people who have not gotten their vaccines. Thanks. <laughs> I just want this thing to go away. I don't know about you, but, you know, I'm pretty much done with it. Um, the way we get done with it, though, is to get vaccinated. It keeps us safe. It knocks the snot out of the vaccine or the virus, I should say. And the vaccine is safe. It's science. There's all these people in the news right now giving themselves medications that are meant for horses and various other things. Good Lord, people. Listen to what the smart people that are way smarter than you, believe it or not, smarter than me too, um, smarter than both of us together, most likely. They're saying to get these vaccines because they make sense and it's science and it keeps us safe. So... If you don't want a fifth wave and a sixth wave and basically never get back to living life like you want, because I don't know if it's even possible by now to go back to the way things were, but at least we can get back to way the way we want it to be. The vaccine is the way to go. Okay, folks? So, if you listen to this podcast, you have to be one of these people that believe in you know, doing the right thing and putting others first. I would hope. So get your sleeve rolled up and get that shot in. If you have not yet, if you have, gold stars all around, good job. All right, let's get on with this. Just get the shot. (laughs) Okay, and on to other things. Isn't it about time someone got awakened? Buddhism is all about enlightenment, right? The whole point is that it's possible for ordinary beings to entirely free their minds of greed, hatred, and delusion. Once and for all. The Buddha did. A lot of his followers did. Presumably, people have been doing it for 25 centuries. Who among us will fulfill the promise of this path and free our minds from suffering? Many people are practicing Buddhism quite diligently these days by living lives of moral integrity, developing their minds through meditation, and gaining wisdom and understanding. A vast number of Buddhist texts are readily available. They're well translated and freely accessible online. There's teachers, meditation halls, study groups, and communities existing in great abundance and are within easy reach of most global population centers. So why haven't we encountered more bodhisattvas or Buddhas? After all this practice, when does the show go on? This is actually an old question that has been asked by Buddhists for centuries. It seems that during the Buddha's lifetime, there were many awakened ones, a fact attested both by the teacher himself and by the poems left behind by the first generation of his followers. Some say it was easier to accomplish the goal when the Buddha was alive, both because he was such a good teacher and because people were inspired by him to apply themselves with great commitment and energy. Many Buddhist schools have expanded upon that view, saying that the Dharma, clear in the early days, has gradually diminished with each generation. 
as the message becomes more garbled and practitioners less capable and the overall conditions of a degenerate age make it almost impossible for anyone to attain full awakening. Even so, surely some beings should be able to access awakening, the complete cleansing of the mind of toxins in one lifetime. And by this, I mean full awakening, such as that which Gautama experienced under the Bodhi tree. Not the stage one of stream entry or the opening of the, the Dharma eye when one glimpses the truth that whatever is of the nature to arise is also of the nature to cease. These experiences probably do happen more common today, but they are only early stages of a much more profound process of awakening. Some place of enlightenment on a continuum and would count even those entry-level experiences as awakening. Once the stream has been entered, it is inevitable that one will be carried on to the full liberation of the mind from suffering. So we might as well consider the task accomplished with the first stages of insight. And of course, if indeed we all have Buddha nature and are all in some important sense already awakened, then the whole question becomes irrelevant. Perhaps even raising the issue demonstrates a fundamental sorry demonstrates a fundamental lack of understanding. But labeling stream entry as awakening strikes me as akin to an alcoholic saying he has already attained sobriety and just happens to be in the falling down drunk most nights phase. Still, Others may find the value of the Buddhist tradition to lie not in its final accomplishments, but in the beneficial contributions to an ongoing process. It's enough to bring interdependent thinking to solve environmental challenges, loving kindness to heal racial bias, compassion to help those in need, and insight into the constructed nature of it all to enhance social justice and bring about positive global change. So what if no individuals are really awakened, since Buddhism is contributing much of value to our collective awakening? But surely Buddhism can be held accountable for its promise to bring an end to suffering. Whatever a medicine is developed to cure an affliction, we expect to see its effectiveness demonstrated by the fact that patients have actually recovered. If the medicine of the Dharma indeed heals the unhealthy roots of, a, of habitual human behavior, we have yet to see this demonstrated sufficiently in our own time. I'm among those who think awakening is attainable, even in this modern secular age, but it requires a level of commitment that few are willing to make. The teachings are rooted in an aesthetic culture, and we generally want our Buddhist practice to enhance our life rather than challenge it. Sooner or later, someone will have to demonstrate that awakening is possible. So, Maitreya, wherever you are, it's time to step forward and show us how it's done. So that awesome, well-written article is by... Andrew Olinsky, 
a professor at Lesley University and the director of its graduate program in mindful studies. He teaches uh, two Tricycle Magazine online courses, by the way. So one is called Going Forth and Living in Harmony. I found the article on Tricycle Magazine, which if you haven't guessed it yet, I love Tricycle Magazine. <laughs> There's so many good articles in there, and each one, honestly, it makes you think. They make you think the kind of things I think we need to think about as people who are trying to find more in our lives and in our training. And by the way, that's not a commercial for Tricycle. That's just me being honest. So where do we go from here? Why should I, as a listener of this podcast, even care about enlightenment? Here's another question. Is there even such a thing? What difference does it make? (laughs) These are the so what's. These are probably three of the most important questions that you could ask yourself if you're training. They're also three questions that most people probably couldn't care less about in the world where Facebook is where we find our news and these days where we get our medical advice and our personal drive for material possessions and a view that taking as much as we can is somehow the key to a happy life regardless of who you need to step on or what it does to the planet that we depend on. Despite what some would tell you, There are quite a number of enlightened people on the planet right now, I think. Some you've probably heard of. And others you probably haven't and never will. And the simple truth being that few people who have any real enlightenment experience are going to be shooting YouTube videos or trending on TikTok, blowing their own horn about how awesome they are. For instance, the Dalai Lama himself doesn't go out of his way telling people he's some enlightened being. But instead, he tells that he's just a simple monk. Enlightenment is, even in some serious circles, a thing of debate. I've even been told in the past by different Buddhist teachers not to worry about enlightenment. And even... And I kind of bought this for a bit of a while. Even that enlightenment didn't exist. At least not in the way that we think. Then I've also been told by others that what we need to do in our training is devote ourselves to the understanding of what enlightenment is, what it means, and do the serious work and effort to try to get there in this lifetime. And I'll be honest with you, like I said, I used to think that a lot of what we think of enlightenment is just understanding life. You know, life is suffering. Check. Got it. Suffering is caused by desire and attachment. Roger, I think I got that one too. Desire and attachment can be overcome. Yep. Understood. Roger. The way to overcome them is called the Eightfold Path of right, seeing, thought, speech, action, what's the rest? Work, effort, mindfulness, and concentration. 
Long shopping lists make it tough to carry the groceries, but you have to do what you have to do. You see, I may have been a Zen dude for 40 years or so. And I might have thought that I was getting it. But what I'm starting to see is just how important not just amassing information is, but taking this knowledge, understanding it in a transcendent way, transcendent, transcendental, transcendent, in a transcendent way, and not just going about your day, but truly applying it. What I have found recently over the past few years is that I have started to see things differently as I've deepened my own practice thanks to this feeling. uh, How could I put it? Thanks to the feeling of feeling it in your bones kind of level of application. It's a lot different than, you know, piling up information in your brain. It's a lot different than, you know, getting the knowledge and being like, yep, got it. (laughs) It's very different. Getting there is like realizing you've been bumping around in a dark room and then suddenly you know, after a few decades of bumping around, you realize you were in the dark all this time. And that just over there is what looks like a door with light coming out from under it. And once you start opening that door, everything is different. The problem with most of us is we get mired in not just the mud of life, so that all we can do is sit there spinning the wheels, thinking if we just keep our foot on the gas, we'll get somewhere. But for those of us who are serious and sincere about our training, we can also get caught up in our minds. Like I mentioned, we compile shopping lists, compile information. We think and we think and we think and we think until we not only get kind of drunk on our own thoughts, but deluded by them, mistaking book smarts for actual ground floor truth. And I'm the first to admit that I, over, you know, 40 years of studying Zen and other things, I was, you know, full of lots of information, but pretty delusional. You might be thinking that all of this is well and good, but if enlightenment is possible, where are all the enlightened beings? And here's the thing. We are all enlightenment machines. It's not just a birthright that we have. It's our most fundamental state. We've all just kind of chosen to get caught up in the BS of the world we perceive through our narrow perceptions. And we get caught up in the BS that we fill our thoughts with through our clinging belief that is mainly just ego, that doesn't want to let go or even admit that it is just a false face, that who I believe I am, it's just a mask. I believe, that's not even the right word, I know that enlightenment in this lifetime is not just possible, but working towards it is the most important thing you can do. You heard me right. It's not you're getting your 
purple belt or your black belt or whatever. It's pushing your way through the darkness towards that door that you see the light coming out of. I also believe that it doesn't matter one iota whether you do it or not. It doesn't matter what you think. And it doesn't matter what I think. Not at all. And you're thinking, great, I'm listening to a podcast that he's telling me that you, I shouldn't care what he says. <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of. My rationale for this is that most of us think, and that is the key word, by the way, most of us think that we are perceiving and experiencing the universe. But what if that is the first mistake? And what we all are is actually something more like the universe perceiving and experiencing us. That's kind of confusing, isn't it? Imagine. What if all we need to do is stop spinning our wheels in the mud? What if all we need to do is stop grasping for things? What if all we really need to do is separate ourselves even just a little bit from an ego-driven experience of life? And hey, if you haven't figured it out yet, I'm not some enlightened sage. I'm a flawed human just doing my best to not just live this life, but to train and understand and apply what I'm learning. And it's not easy. It's not easy at all, but that too is clinging. And in moments when I let go of my ego's hold and I realize that cultivation of an entity that is an universal entity is for a few minutes easy, it's simple and kind of like coming home. Of course, when Bob introduced himself at the weekly meeting, and you smile back and say, nice to meet you, Bob. I'm the whole universe. <laughs> He's going to look at you and be like, you're the whole universe. <laughs> He's going to wonder if you are, you know, 11 eggs short of a dozen. But that's what you are. He might believe that he's Bob, but you're the whole universe. We are all the whole universe. But don't take my word for it, by the way. What we need to do in our training is keep some sort of enlightenment as our goal. Something we really want to taste. But at the same time, not to hold onto it too tightly. This is the same as what we need to do to understand this game-changing view of us being the universe experiencing you. We need to take this and understand what that means in our daily lives. You're only going to get there through the practice and the cultivation and the understanding of stillness. Stillness in the movement. Stillness in life, which is always changing, always moving. So, here's my advice. Take it or leave it. Get started. Right now.
Slow it down. Stop the narrative. Start to see the truth of who you really are. Enlightenment is possible. And there are enlightened people out there. We have some pretty good examples of enlightenment. Now, the work of getting there is a choice you have to make. And if you don't, well, that's just fine too. Because guess what? There is plenty of time. And I think I'll leave it there. I love to keep you hanging on a what? <laughs> this whole podcast episode maybe was a big what? Now, I think it's important stuff to think about. And maybe it's the, well, not maybe, it is the most important thing to think about. But let's go on. Question of the week comes to us from Pete. I really like all the philosophical things you talk about in the podcast, but I find that for myself, I have a hard time taking the philosophical and jamming together with the physical aspects of my jiu-jitsu and kickboxing. Any idea how I do this? Pete, that is a great question. And it's one that more people need to ask these days, I think. You see, not long ago, martial arts and let's just call it Zen. So martial arts and Zen were kind of grafted together. The two were, as the story goes, raised together so that the people who practice meditation and Zen and were searching for living an enlightened life were able to defend others, defend themselves, as well as stay healthy and fit to live long lives helping others. These days, though, most people who train don't really live that life. Martial arts have become less of a martial art for most and more like a sport where competition and ego-driven pursuits like, you know, how do I get my yellow belt? Those matter the most. Now, it isn't that getting a new belt or going to a competition are bad. They're not. They're good. It's just that if we make that all our training is about... It all just leads to a, to a delusional sort of existence and a delusional sort of practice that you might like to think is about helping others. But it's actually more about you. If you haven't experienced this kind of thing yet, you probably will, by the way. It's when you walk into some martial arts school and you realize that it's more like a cult. <laughs> this has happened to me a few times. Cults of personality. What we need to do is let go of ideas of training for us. This means that at its beginning, to start to understand that we train for others. You were there for them. This means cultivation of things like respect and gratitude and compassion. And this means that you train hard so that you never ever have to use what you are le learning physically to harm someone. 
in a confrontation, unless you absolutely have no choice. And even then, it's done as compassionately as possible. I would say that you need to examine your, your own life. And I mean, really look at it. Like, pick it apart. Not in a negative way, but pick it apart. And do it all the time. Learn to call yourself on your own BS. Learn from your mistakes, and you'll have plenty of them. Learn from your misunderstandings, and you'll probably have even more of those. And strive to do better. We all fail. We all succeed. But learn. Jamming together all the aspects of your training isn't actually so difficult. What you're going to find eventually is that everything you do can be training. Everything that happens in your life will be an opportunity for doing better. So don't make your martial arts about what happens on the mats. This is actually just a small part of what you're trying to do. Live a life that is making this world a better place for you have, for having, for, <laughs> good Lord, get it out of your mouth, James. Make it, <laughs> I can't even remember what I was talking about. <laughs> you want to live a life that is making this world a better place for you having been there, like I've said before. You want to be a shining light in the darkness. And what you'll find is that when you start to see your training like this, opportunities are going, to are going to arise to give you a chance to do exactly that. You're going to shine. But, again, just like I mentioned earlier, it's all up to you. You have the choice, and you have to make those decisions. So, with that... That's a great question, Pete. Thanks a lot. Um, I got so wrapped up into it, I almost forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> uh, it happens more often than I like to admit. Um, anyways, thanks for the question. If you have a question that you'd like me to add into the podcast, uh, please drop me a line. You can track me down on our website. Head over there to warriorsway.ca, www warriorsway.ca and uh, while you're there check it out there is a ton of stuff there you can get access to the Warriors Way online training program there uh, you can see what the different membership uh, different membership tiers give because each gives different access um, there is a check it out page that has some books you should pick up and various other things. You can support the podcast on Patreon. And if you do that, I will forever be in your debt. Well, maybe not forever, but I will put five gold stars on your report card. <laughs> um, you could track us down and, you know, social media stalk us on <laughs> Instagram on, and on Facebook. You can find the words way on both of those. Um, and if you like the kind of stuff that we talk about here, uh, you can always pick up a copy of one of the two martial arts and training books that I've written, uh, A Wolf in the Woods and Warrior's Way. You can get those on your Kobo and your Kindle, or you can pick up a paper copy on Amazon. 
just probably plug in my name on the Amazon machine and shazam. Those books are yours, baby. Anyhow, thanks again for listening, folks. I checked out the, uh, whatever you call those, analytics on how the podcast is doing, and we're doing really well. And it's thanks to all of you. So if you haven't yet and you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, give it five gold stars because I gave you five gold stars. It's a give and take kind of situation. Um, Or write a, wow, this is awesome, review on uh, your Apple Podcasts thingamajig, whatever you call that. You know what I'm saying. Leave a review. (laughs) And spread the word, folks. If you're liking this podcast, tell your friends, tell your relatives, tell your enemies, tell your frenemies, uh, because it just helps us all out. And that's what we're trying to do, right? So until next time, train hard, have fun, and be a good friend. And like I keep saying, what does that mean? Figure that out. That's important stuff. Thanks a lot.